Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Paychecks Thrive podcast. My name is Gene Marks. Thanks so much for watching and listening. I'm speaking right now with uh, Amy Reischauer. Amy is the Strategic Engagement Advisor. I hope I'm getting your title right because it's long. For the Office of the Advocate for Small Business Capital Formation at the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Did I get all of that right, Amy? Uh, Yes, except there's a late breaking update. As of this morning, I'm now the acting deputy director of that office. So uh, of the 27 words you got in there, I I can update a couple of them. Congratulations. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a great promotion. And uh, is that a bottle of Jack Daniels behind you? I don't know if that's now required as part of the job. Uh, But no, uh, uh, congratulations. That is great. So, you know, okay, so you just got that promotion. What does that mean? So what is that job? And, And tell me a little bit about the office. Like, what does the organization do? Sure, sure. Um, well, given that that title and where I'm coming from, I do have to bore the audience very briefly with our standard disclaimer that the views I express today are my own in my capacity as the acting deputy director and do not reflect the views of the commission, any of the commissioners or my colleagues on the staff. So um, with that little boring bit put By the away. Way, for, for what it's worth, I have to say that too, because Paychex wants no part of my views either. <laughs> you know, they want to disclaim whatever. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. So I think we're both in the same boat. So I've disclaimed for the both of us. Um, <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, it's sort of interesting with this, the, with the transition going on. Mm-hmm. We're a relatively small office. We're a relatively new office. We're not the newest, um, but we were stood up in 2019, um, wow. established by Congress um, with this mission to um, advocate for small businesses and their investors. Um, we define a lot of that very, very broadly. Um, small businesses, we consider to be anything from uh, you know, brand new startup mom and pop level all the way up to a smaller public company. Um, we also have a, a statutory mandate and a little bit of the personal passions of the team to look at some of the unique issues that face women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, um, rural businesses, and businesses affected by natural disaster. Right. So I kind of think of that as we've got this broad definition of small business. We've got this huge small business ecosystem, yeah. and we are really trying to reach every nook and cranny of it. We really want to hear what's going on everybody, everywhere and what's working or not working for everybody out there. That is, um, that is good and interesting. Yeah. So a couple of questions on this. So first of all, so the Small Business Administration defines a small business as anybody with less than 500 employees. Do you stick to that definition or is it broader We've, for you guys? So we focus more because we are in the securities law space. We focus more on the market cap of the of the company. So um, we say that we look at businesses with up to 250 million in market cap. So that obviously may, you know, it's probably a Venn diagram with some overlap and some not overlap with the SBA definition. Okay, that's good. Um, You know, most of the small. So listen, so I, you know, I I I travel around. I speak more like 50 times a year to uh, industry groups. uh, The most unsexy industries you've ever heard of the corrugated containers and you know national distributors of you know steel piping and whatever but they are like the core of american business and it's rooms full of hundreds sometimes thousands of people they're business owners they're privately held companies they 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 fit you know that sort of definition of yours are are these you know are these prospects of yours like you know when when you when i when i talk about financing to them I, i tend to talk about uh, you know, getting a bank loan, you know what I mean? Or an SBA, you know, loan or whatever. 
I like never bring up, you know, any type of security filings and I, maybe yeah. am I, should I be? No, no. I feel like the, the first part of any conversation we have with a lot of our audience, because we too, you know, it might be a room full of small business owners doing stuff I don't understand. It might be smaller public companies that have heard of the SEC. Right. But um, I think a lot of what we want to do is to prepare small business owners for when they might be acting in a way that triggers the SEC. We want them to know who we are. We want them to know, like, you know where they're going to get to when they might need to start worrying about it. So, you know, as you point out, so much of small business funding comes from not capital raising from investors. We're not right. talking about bringing on investors and selling securities. You know, if you're lucky enough, you've got, you know, revenues or personal savings, um, but there's still a lot of external, res- you know, resources before you take on an investor. Right. Loans, credit, lines of credit, whatever it might be. Um, grant money, free money. I mean, that's awesome if you can get it, right? So we're only looking at about 6% of small businesses that are then going to take on investors to bring on that capital. And that's where that's where we play. And that's where our rules start to get triggered. And so our goal is to let folks know, like, if you get there and you want to start thinking about it, there's probably some stuff you need to know well in advance. Because what we hear a lot from folks who do then go on to take on investors and you know, maybe do a seed round or even like a friends and family round, mm. they get to the point where they're like, gosh, I wish I knew more earlier about what I had, what ducks I had to get in a row or, you know, what I had to be prepared for, what kind of conversations I had to be prepared for to talk to investors. And so that's kind of our goal is to um, give people a really advanced view of when they might be playing in our, in our sandbox a little bit. Very, very interesting. Um, So, so, so give me some examples if you can, I mean, of, of, you know, businesses that um, would need to, that you would want to be talking to that would need to access the services that you have. I mean, what are the triggers for a business that are like, oh, wow, this, I'm going to have to get the SEC involved now, you know? So well, it's funny. Example. I can answer that question in a couple of ways. Okay. On the one hand, you've got the small businesses that are thinking, when am I ready to take on an investor? When, when do I have a business, a product, a model that investors are going to be interested in? Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's as simple as pointing out that like, look, if it's, if it's uncle Joe or, Grandma Betty or your college roommate who might want to invest in your business, that could be a securities transaction. Wow. And so, you know, the, the, the boring legal rule here is that every offer and sale of a security has to be either registered with the commission or you have to comply with an exemption. Um, and so we want folks to know that in advance. Mm. There are probably, an ex- there's probably an exemption available for all those earlier stage startups who are thinking about bringing on their college buddy or their, you know, Uncle Joe. Um, But we want them to know to ask the question and we want them to know where to come to maybe start finding the answer to the question. That is very interesting. And so really, because so many, when you read, you know, where businesses go to get their financing, I mean, the the number one place where startups go is is their friends and their family. Um, Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it comes in loans, but oftentimes it comes in, you know, investments. They, They sell stock to them and so yeah. I, I guess that means, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like I, I have a friend of mine who just started, started up a company a couple of years ago and I put some money into his company along with some other of my friends mm-hmm. and um, I'll give you away details. I want to send the guy to jail, but um, <laughs> he's doing fine. It, it, it's just, but, but that's an example of where if, yeah. if for him, he needs to be talking to an attorney and potentially making filings with the SEC 
because they're outside investors that are involved in this business, right? Right. right. And so, um, one of the things, um, so we have a wealth of resources that we've put out. And one of the things we, in addition to trying, like, meet with investors everywhere or just talk to them or hear from them or show up at an event or yeah. have a round table, there's lots of ways we can engage with them. But we also realize that there's, there's, um, a lot of learning that can happen before they're paying an attorney. We're never going to recommend that they go, um, you know, and raise capital from investors without having counsel because it's really key. But there's a lot of educating you can do before you're paying your counsel to teach you the basics. And so right. what we really try to do is we have our um, our capital raising hub right. um, at sec.gov forward slash capital raising. Um, and on there, um, you know, we've tried to structure our resources in a way that um, it's a little bit like the 100 level, 200 level course selection. We've got some basics, starting with, like I started to say before, like, am I even ready to raise capital? Sure. Are my books in order? All the way through, like, yeah, I'm going to take on some investors, but I'm not really sure what exemptions might be right for me. Um, it's a friends and family round. Isn't there an exemption for that? Well, that's a term that gets thrown around a lot of friends and family round, but that's not actually an exemption, right? You have to find an actual set of rules that let you take on, uh, you know, friends that you, you, you that want to invest in your company. And there very likely is a pathway. Right. Um, but, you know, the goal of the exempt pathways are, um, you know, if you, if you're not going with an exemption and you're having a registered offering, there's lots of disclosure, there's lots of investor protection there. Um, but it's a process that's not really one size fits all. It's not, not every mom and pop shop is going to go through an IPO to bring on $150,000 for, you know, a new cafe and espresso machine, right? You, right. There are other ways that you're, you know, you may want to take on investors. So, um, we, um, we just want them to know what the right, pathway is. The most common, the most traditional way to bring on friends and family, if you will, to bring on investors without registering um, is a private placement. Mm-hmm. And if you are, I will say lucky enough, because we deal with a lot of, of demographics that often aren't, but if you are lucky enough to have um, sophisticated, relatively wealthy people in your network that are ready to invest in your company, and they're already in your network, you don't have to go out and find them. Um, so you're not generally soliciting, which is sort of a magic term of art, and, and you have potentially accredited investors, another mm-hmm. magic term of art. If you're in that space, it's a pretty straightforward process um, to make sure that you're, you're complying with the rules. A lot of our materials go not just to that kind of traditional, you know, old school private placement, but to serve, you know, companies that might not have access to those networks, might not have access to those kinds of investors. They're looking for an alternative pathway. There are a few out there. They're not as commonly used. There are a lot of requirements to sort of navigate and keep straight. So we have resources on those as well. If you want to do crowdfunding or, you know, a, a state offering, other options that, you know, might folks might need to turn to if they're not in that kind of typical, sure. I've got a network full of, you know, potential VC investors that I can just reach out to. You know, you, you, you talk about investors, and I wonder if there's a wider definition of what they are. I mean, like private placements sometimes involve straight investments. Sometimes they involve, uh, you know, debt placements as well that are convertible. Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, it, you if people are loaning money to you, outsiders, you know, again, that, that are, that you put together a, a financing deal from, but it's a loan. This is not an equity deal. Um, yeah. Is that something that, that also sort of comes under your 
umbrella? So I'm going to go with a super annoying answer, like it depends. It depends, yeah. yeah. I find myself really saying that a lot, by the way. important question. Yeah. Um, and it's a question we want folks asking. So yeah. there is a, there's a whole set of case law and analysis as to what constitutes a security. Um, you know, true bank loans, not a security. Right. Uh, right. Truly handing someone an ownership interest in your company, probably a security. Right. When you get to that in between, it's a private loan. It, you know, it's it's private debt. Maybe I'm going to pay them back, but maybe there's some loan forgiveness there where I can convert it to equity. It's it's in between yeah. on that spectrum, on that continuum, where it, it very well could be. Um, and so that's where we would want folks to know to ask sure. the question and and you know uh, and get some help answering it. Yeah, it seems to me that the rule of thumb is that um, the SEC, as much as it is an advocate, and, and I want to dig into that a little bit further, but as much as they are an advocate. The, the mission of the agency is to protect the investor, to protect, you know. So if you are giving out, you know, if you, if you are raising debt from individuals that are not connected to you in any way, um, there might be situations where they are at risk and it might be something that the SEC does have rules, you know, that, and filings that need to be. So I, I guess my point is that if you're listening to this, you're watching this and you're like, okay, we are thinking of raising money, maybe it's a debt, maybe, you know, offering, maybe it's equity. But um, yeah, we're gonna have outsiders, and they could be put at some risk. If that if that is, that should trigger you to talk to an attorney, or yep. to talk to the agency to to make sure that there aren't any filings or restrictions. Is that a fair statement to make? I think it is fair. The one thing I would say, just to expand a little bit on the the, the SEC's mission, not just our office's sure. mission, um, is absolutely investor protection. Mm -hmm. But it's also facilitating capital formation, and it's you know fair, efficient markets. And I did those out of order. But That's because fine. I wanted to talk about yeah. the investor and the and the capital formation prongs, because I like to think of it as, you know, it, it takes both. Like the a protected investor that can have a successful outcome and is, you know, a, and has a good relationship with the business. Like happy investors make for more capital formation down the road, right? Yeah. Protected investors, successful capital raise, the business can do well. The investors can get a return. Sure. They're happy. They have returns. They can reinvest in something else. So, um, you know, I don't like to dismiss any of those three prongs. Um, okay. But you need both. You can't just have a successful business and not pay attention to your investors. You can't just pay attention to the investors if it's truly going to stifle the ability for businesses to to raise capital. So, um, so you know, that's something that we think about a lot in our office because you know we're the advocate for small business capital formation, but our mission is very much the businesses and their investors right, to well make said. sure that that relationship is there. Well said, well said. Um, so. You'd mentioned earlier as well um, about, you know, you're an advocate. There are a lot of things that businesses need to know if they are raising money. Um, but you did make some reference about about connecting potential mm -hmm. investors with it. Can you speak a little bit more like, if, you know, are you a resource for businesses to find capital? So we don't, introduce investors and businesses. We don't, um, we advocate, but we don't, we don't, um, sort of endorse any particular business or any particular investor. Um, want we want to hear from them. We want to engage with them. We want to hear what their experiences. We want to be able to cater to it. We want to, um, you know, it's that feedback from businesses and investors that, that, informs our office's recommendation. It informs the data we look for, the research we look for, um, the educational materials that we build. Um, okay. So, Good. That's fine. That, that is helpful. All right. Um, 
couple other things before I do want to talk about your small business summit that you just you you recently nice. had. But before we get into that, you just to make sure that our audience is aware of the different types of things that you do. There's there's events, there's resources, there's advisory committee. Um, you know, tell us about some of these things as well, sure. so that we're 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 aware of them. Sure. So, um, you know, we have this mission. I sort of think of four buckets of things that we do to fulfill that mission. We engage, we outreach, we share our, our resources. If folks are looking to see what kind of stuff we're doing, I, I encourage folks to check out either our office page, which is sec.gov forward slash OASB, Office of the Advocate for Small Business, um, and the Capital Raising Hub itself that I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of resources there that we, any of our events that are recorded, which is quite a few of them, are available so folks can go back and see what kind of topics we cover, see what kind of events might be coming up. Hmm. And of course, all of our educational resources are available as well. Um, whether that's, um, you know, we have interactive tools to help you, you know, you answer a few questions and then the tool will list off some, some regulatory pathways, we like to call them, that might be relevant to you. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know any accredited investors, but I would like to raise a million dollars plug in some more factoids, and the tool will say, well, why don't you consider this pathway or that pathway? So those kinds of resources all available on the website. Um, in addition to resources and, and the sort of engagement with the public, um, we also monitor the commission's rules and regulations as they evolve. Um, and you know, we review what the commission is proposing to do or adopting to see what kind of an impact that it would have on small businesses and their investors. And then we try to make sure that we help bring the voice of small businesses and investors into that rulemaking process. Um, I think lots of people may know how federal like laws get made and or federal, I should yeah. say, regulations sure. get made. Sure. Not everyone does. So we try and make sure mm-hmm. that you know, our target audience knows how to comment on a rulemaking, what rulemakings might be coming out that might affect them. So we do a lot of that. Um, and then I think I mentioned earlier a little bit, we, uh, the office itself puts out an annual report every year, which is a, it's a pretty comprehensive snapshot of what's going on in this, in the small business ecosystem. I think um, one of the things we try to try very hard to do is to make sure that our resources, including that annual report are very digestible, um, okay. you know, only so many people want to stare at an Excel spreadsheet of data, but, you know, we try to make it visual. We try to make it understandable just, just at a glance. And so um, we pull that data together every year, also available on our website and should be pretty easy to find once you get there. Right. Um, but that data informs and culminates in recommendations that the office makes. So we're hearing from the small business community that, uh, you know, we had five recommendations this year, but, you know, that this is a challenge. The data shows it's a challenge. Here's a suggestion for how to um, how to address that. So, um, and we do that every year. Um, so that's kind of another way that we advocate. The report found. I'm reading it um, right now. For the fiscal year ended June 30th, 2022, uh, mm-hmm. companies raised 1.1 trillion dollars uh, in SEC registered offerings and 126 billion dollars in IPOs, uh, initial public offerings as well. My understanding, though, is that the uh, the IPO market, the initial public offering market, has been trailing off a little bit, or has been mm-hmm. you know behind. And I wanted to get your your thoughts on that. Why you think that is, and it, you know where you think that's going. So um, part of it is th- it's the larger IPOs and uh, the SPACs or the special purpose acquisition company right. IPOs, which is a very specific kind of pathway to going public. 
those were peaking for a while until a year or so ago, and then they trailed off. Right. So we found that with fewer larger IPOs, the smaller IPOs were representing a larger slice in terms of deal count, mm. but the amounts they're raising are still still very low, still ve- represents a very small portion of um, of the overall IPO market. Mm. There, you know, there are any number of reasons why that might be happening. It could be like three more podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the ways that our office looks at that is, you know, to, to build up that IPO pipeline, to have more publicly reporting companies, um, you need to, you know, nurture the farm team. You need to like have companies growing and ready to go public and able to go public. Right. And then you need for those smaller companies to be able to stay public. Right. So we want to look at both what is entailed in an IPO and getting there, and then what's entailed in staying there. And, you know, whether it's, um, ongoing reporting requirements or liquidity challenges or things that that help nurture those smaller companies to get there and to stay there. So, um, for example, one of the office's recommendations in the small cap space, in the, in the small public company space, is that there's a lot of rulemaking going on. Um, there's a lot of um, disclosure that folks are assessing. Uh, and we just encourage both Congress and the commission, because they're, they, you know, they're both involved in that, um, to consider ways to um, let smaller companies, you know, either delay their compliance requirements so they can watch the big the big companies comply, sure. see what that looks like, or um, re- you know, maybe it's appropriate to reduce some of the requirements so that they're scaled. Maybe they're not, you know, providing all five new things. Maybe they get three or four of the five things. So, looking at a way to again make that IPO process a little less challenging for the smaller companies and, and keeping them public. So. It is a, it's, it's a complex environment to go public, particularly if you're a smaller company, um, your office can only do, you know, so much. I mean, in the mm-hmm. end, it, it does require legal and uh, financial experts to kind of navigate your way through all of this. Uh, you know, one of the reasons, I mean, it, it seems like the, just the overall capital environment right now is, is challenging. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because of interest rates, um, you know, I mean, the tech industry alone is, is showing that. Is that what you're finding? I mean, are you, do you, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you got promoted this year, but it might be a very, <laughs> it might be a slow year for you when it comes to capital formation. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's, um, that is the case? You know, I think it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's tough, right? You know, whether it was, it was COVID and those impacts yeah. and now, whether it's interest rates or, you know, credit tightening, Generally speaking, all of those are going to be felt my felt more by the smaller companies, yes. yeah. um, and a lot of them are felt more by women-owned businesses or minority-owned businesses. So right. it's you know when we're looking at the impact on the overall market, our our specific target groups are probably feeling it even more. And so that's where we have to pay attention. Can we can we solve it right now? You know, uh, I don't know. I wish I could say like we have to do X and Y, and then everything will be perfect. Right. Um, can't say that uh, with or without the disclaimer I mentioned earlier, but, um, but, you know, our office is focused on, well, what can we do? What can we do to um, help folks navigate this? Okay. You know, as, as some funding sources tighten up, yeah. people are going to be looking elsewhere, right? Right. Well, you, you mentioned women and minorities. I know that that is, you know, that, that's a big focus you know, for you guys. So what can you do? I mean, what, what, what are the, what's so special or unique 
you know, the challenges that are faced by women and minority businesses that, that you guys in particular could jump in and, and help them with? So um, a lot of what we do is um, educational, yeah. um, I think, uh, and we try to engage with groups. You know, Amy Reischauer doesn't personally know all the small business folks out there, but if someone wants to introduce me to a group that works with them and then that those you know folks work with more people, we're constantly just trying to tap in to find folks who want to hear what we do, right. much like this audience, right? right. So, um, you know, so we do a lot of listening and a lot of educating. Um, it's, um, you know, the networking piece that we talked about earlier, that whole introducing investors and, and, um, yep. and companies, Certainly it's challenging. Point. It's repeatedly one of the top challenges for small businesses is kind of building that bridge between investors and, um, and companies. And there's not a ton we can do to resolve that. We can't introduce companies to investors, but we can let them know like what the rules are around expanding your network. We can um, try to provide some of that knowledge and education that typically comes from having a network of mentors. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have necessarily that network of mentors, we can at least try and provide some of that, some of that knowledge base, some of that guidance. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you mentioned earlier that you guys had a summit uh, just recently. Um, tell me about that and, and sure. also tell me what your takeaways were from the summit. Sure. So uh, it's called the Small Business Forum. It's actually uh, a, another congressional mandate and it's hosted by the, by the SEC, by the commission as a whole. Okay. Um, our office does the legwork, but okay. um, it started out back in the day as an in-person at headquarters in DC. Um, it's kind of a unique opportunity though, because it brings public sector and private sector folks together to talk about policy and to um, craft recommendations to improve policy. Um, so while we are often like trying to be that gateway for folks to impact policy, this this event predates our office. So like, there's always been this opportunity. Got it. In you know the COVID times, it shifted from that in-person um, event to virtual, which um, like so many things was a little bit of a silver lining because I think it really improved our ability to reach more um, affected person, like more more companies, more investors, more fund managers, more advocates out there. Mm -hmm. um, it's now, uh, we've, the last few years, it's been a four-day virtual event. We try to do it in kind of bite-sized chunks in the afternoon. So we do it for 90 minutes um, over four days. All the recordings are available on our website. Okay. Um, but we also, um, we look at it, but we kind of take a bite each day at a different um, on a different topic, maybe a different phase in the life cycle of a small company. So day one, we started off with um, early stage capital and what are the sort of trends and strategies for folks um, trying to raise early stage capital. Hmm. Um, day two, we had um, a session on building you know, fertile ecosystems and what does it take to create uh, an environment where small businesses can thrive. Hmm. I mean, Silicon Valley has had their place for years, sure. but you know, there are other spots that are having you know, great success building, sure. um, building really strong, supportive ecosystems. So we had a conversation about what what does that entail? Um, day three was on um, fund managers and this a smaller fund and emerging fund managers, um, which we repeatedly see as um, a really great way to um, reach areas that maybe don't typically get 
fund interest because whether it's they can write smaller checks right. or they um, you know they're more regional, they have more access to some of the the more local community. Um, you know, not to mention the sort of diversification of sure. the the capital and then the the ultimate investee. Uh, and then finally, on day four, we had our small cap day where we talked about again challenges going public and and you know what we can do about going public and then what it's like to be public and stay public as a small company. Who are the um, who are the businesses? I mean, you've got you've got the private sector, you've got the financial people. These people are all looking for to help businesses, you know, service businesses, whatever. Who are the actual businesses that attended that event? Um, like without naming names, it's fine. Yeah. But just like the types of businesses the that, that kind of showed up. Yeah. Um, well, for example, like on our panels, we had um, we had entrepreneurs, we had fund managers, we had um, you know counsel to companies. Mm. Um, it's uh, you know some of those, and I think the audience is similar. Um, okay. You know, sometimes it's folks who maybe haven't raised capital yet. Maybe they're thinking about raising capital. Um, sometimes it's folks who um, maybe they've done a seed round or an A round and now they're thinking I'm, I'm VC ready. I'm, I've hit a growth spot where I'm going to be able to pull in that money. Sure. Um, so it really does run the gamut. We had, um, we had, I think I want to say between five and 600 registrants wow. um, for the, for the event. Wow. So a pretty broad swath. Okay. Um, From all know. different industries. Are there, is there any specific industry that is it still a tech thing or, you know, you I don't know, um, at least off the top of my head, I, yeah. I don't know information by industry. Right. Um, I know, um, that, um, definitely tech is, I say tech, um, definitely tech is represented. Tech um, got a wide I think of tech, Broadly, like yeah. apps, you yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah. It's, yeah. Um, but there are also, um, there are also smaller, more traditional, um, more traditional uh, industries represented as well. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So. All right, Amy, this is great. Um, so just, just final, final words that you'd like to say about the office and, you know, you know, if you're, you're, you're making that appeal to people that are listening or watching this, you know, yeah. what, what, what are some of the final thoughts that you have for them as to why what you're doing is so, so important. So much of what we do is, is powered by what we hear from the ecosystem. Like we want people to reach out to us. We want to hear from folks, whether they're emailing us or calling us or finding our website and, and exploring. We want folks to say, yeah, these are all great, but um, you're still not answering this question that I face all the time and I can't find resources. Like we, everything we do is so informed by um, what we're hearing from from the community. So, um, I would just invite people to explore, explore our resources, um, reach out to our office, stay, you know, keep an eye out for events. Um, cause Perfect. we, we love to hear from folks. It's great. And the website again, it's sec.gov forward slash capital raising, capital raising. Okay, That'll get you to our hub. Amy Wright Shower is, I have to read this cause it's just, it goes on forever. <laughs> the strategic, Oh wait, no, wait, what is your new t- deputy? The acting deputy director, acting deputy director of the Office of the Advocate for Small Business Capital Formation at the SEC. Um, again, cr- congratulations on on the promotion. Very well deserved. You. Uh, you guys are doing great work. So thank you very much for what you're doing. And I hope this conversation, you know, inspires some businesses to now that they're aware of you to get more involved. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for helping to spread the word. Sure thing. Hey, everybody, you've been watching and listening to the Paychecks Thrive podcast. My name is Gene Marks. Thank you so much 
for attending. Hope you learned and walk away with some good information from this conversation. I know that I did. We will see you again soon. Take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2023, all rights reserved.